Hello, baseball fans. It's so good to see you after our somewhat impromptu week off last week. I was just getting ready to go on vacation. I had my microphone and my garage band packed up, and I am ready to go. Then, out of the blue, I get a call from our producer, Dave, and he was like, uh, I'm not going to be able to write anything this week, so if you just want to wing it and improv the whole thing, you have my permission. Well, you know, I decided not, because I actually wasn't in town myself, but I did have to ask Dave, why? Now, Dave, tell me, why can't you write anything? And then he, very matter-of-factly in the David A. Robbins uh, tone, says, Uh, cause I'm getting engaged. What? Congratulations, Mr. David A. Robbins. You are engaged on behalf of Rounding Third and everybody else besides you. Congratulations, man. We are so excited for you. And that is an amazing reason why not to write for Rounding Third or want to do any editing or add any music. Kudos to you, man. Way to get the knee dirty. But we are back. And in addition to Dave getting engaged, I would like to welcome to the show two new members of our writing team, Tom Smith and Amy Lavoy, who showed up just in time to be a part of our iTunes re-debut. I, I don't know. I, I think we're back on iTunes. I, I went online today and checked, and to me it seemed like it was working. Dave was having a little problems. I don't know. We'll see. But now it's time for baseball, because this is rounding third and i am your host jeff besselman and we are the only sports podcast on the net that can honestly say that if we were a diamond it would be a 0.25 dfl rock now actually i have one more announcement to make in honor of father's day coming up which is next sunday i have something that i would like to share which is kind of a big deal that I am personally very, very excited about. Mariano Rivera's widow boy got drafted by a big league team. Oh, boy! Yeah, going into the family business is an honor and privilege for many sons. But what if that family business is Major League Baseball? That pressure can make or break careers. This recent MLB draft class has some big shoes to fill. From Mariano Rivera and Roger Clemens to Craig Biggio and Kirk Gibson, this year's group of young hopefuls have the spotlight on them. They aren't the first group of sons who have been drafted. There have been several father-son duos throughout the years. The Alomars, the Bonds, the Fielders, and most notoriously, the Griffies. I do love the story about the Griffies. Ken Griffey Jr. did not fall short of his famous last name. His father, Ken Griffey Sr., had an incredibly long, successful 19-year career that left him with two World Series rings, three All-Star selections, and one All-Star Game MVP trophy. Jr. was drafted by the Seattle Mariners in 1989, The father-son duo played together in Seattle, the first time a father and son had ever played together on the same team, and also 
racking up the first ever father-son back-to-back home runs. Guys, I hope you felt the excitement in my voice there because I think that is one of the coolest stats in all of baseball. Following Senior's retirement, Junior continued to prove his worth. He established himself as one of the most prolific players of the 90s. He led the American League in home runs for four seasons, was voted the AL MVP in 1997, and finished his career with a 297 batting average. Also, apparently, yeah, we all knew this, he wasn't that bad at shagging fly balls either, having won 10 straight Gold Glove Awards. And he might be the only player in the history of the game who had to miss time, wait for it, due to a pinched testicle. Hmm... On the heels of his father's retirement in 2013, Mariano Rivera Jr. entered the MLB draft and was selected by the Yankees, his father's team, in the 29th round. But not happy with such a low starting point, the young hurler went back to school with the hope of attaining a better draft position. And this past Tuesday, he was selected by the Washington Nationals in the fourth round out of Iona College. If he's ever going to catch up to his dear old dad, aww, he's got 19 years to rack up 652 saves. But like, no pressure. YOLO! Finally, two young kids who don't have the same first name as their infamous fathers got drafted in the 34th and 35th rounds respectively, each by the Houston Astros. See Mariano? 29th wasn't that bad, while Connor is likely to sign with the Astros and begin his ascent through the minor league system, some reports have already been released saying Clemens may return to college for another year in pursuit of a higher draft pick next year. Either way, one can only hope they can break free of their father's shadow and create a name for themselves in the family business. Got him! That was the radio call as Chris Heston struck out Ruben Tejada for the final out of Tuesday night's game where the Giants defeated the Mets at City Field in New York. As Heston delivered the final pitch, he strode off the mound, slammed his fist in his glove, and waited for his teammates to smother him with congratulations and hugs. While none of this sounds out of the ordinary, it was anything but that. See... Heston is a rookie this year, and what he accomplished was one of the rare feats in baseball. A no-hitter, and the way he accomplished it was quite impressive. First, let's, uh, let's go back and set the stage. Heston didn't even make the Giants roster this year, but actually started the year in AAA. He was only called up because the Giants staff ace and anchor Matt Kane went on the long-term disabled list with an injury. Second, Heston has had quite an up-and-down year, where one game he shows great command and controls the strike zone, and the next game, eh, not so much. His pitch is flat out, and he gets ousted before the fifth inning. And lastly, the Mets, despite not being consistently good, haven't been no-hit since 1993. But Tuesday night, oh, it was on for Heston. He was definitely on top of his game. His sinker had great movement 
and his off-speed pitches broke sharply and stayed off the barrel of the hitter's bats. Glancing at the box score, it looks like Histon threw a perfect game rather than just a no-hitter. No runs, no hits, no errors. He didn't even walk anyone. Yeah, sounds like a perfect game, right? Nope. What made this game the 288th no-hitter ever instead of the 24th perfect game ever is that throughout the game, Heston, oh man, he hit three batters, all of which were on inside pitches, and thus let three guys safely reach base. Honestly, that still isn't shabby, given the fact that it was only Heston's 13th Major League start, and despite an up and down season, he controlled the best game of his career to date with a dominating performance and didn't allow the moment to get to him. But we'll see how he bounces back on Sunday versus Giants NL West rival, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and one of baseball's best offenses. Hopefully, he can continue to grow from his recent success and keep enough control on his pitches to be something special for all of us to watch for years. Oh, and also, it just wouldn't be fair to give the honor to any game any team, or any guy other than Heston this week. The rookie's no-no, the trouncing of the week. Congratulations, Heston. Speaking of guys we'd like to stick around for years to come, our boy, good old Pat Vendetti, made his Major League debut this week. You may remember us mentioning him, the weird guy in Oakland who can throw with both arms, Everyone knows about switch hitters choosing which side of the plate to bat from based on the pitching matchup. Well, let's slow this down and ask ourselves, what happens if a pitcher tries the same trick? Well, the majors, they just got the first taste of that this past week as the ambidextrous pitcher with his custom six-figured glove finally saw the majors for the first time last Sunday. So what happens when pitcher and batter both try the same trick, switching sides until they get the matchup they want? MLB rulemakers had to create a new rule to cover just such a situation, which is lucky as it came up in his first appearance. The pitcher first chooses which hand to pitch with. Then the batter decides how to hit. Both players can then change their mind once during the at-bat. With two arms to spread the load, Vendetti will be a great asset in extra innings as he can potentially pitch twice as long. So, what is the downside of switch pitching? It takes twice as long to warm up both arms. However, Vendetti is not naturally ambidextrous and pitching is about the only thing he uses his left hand for. So if he signs a ball for fans, he'll always use the right How do you teach yourself to throw a 90-mile-per-hour pitch with your other arm if you can't do anything else with that arm? Kid had a good teacher. One might think that a benefit to being ambidextrous is that Vendetti is effectively injury-proof because if he hurts one arm, he can just pitch with the other, right? Well, apparently that's not the case. After less than a week in the bigs, the guy is already on the disabled list with an injured right shoulder. Wah, wah. So why not let him throw with just his left arm? Well, 
that would make him the fourth lefty reliever in a bullpen already dominated by lefties. Instead of letting the ambidextrous pitcher, who, get this, was referred to as amphibious by the East Oregonian, become a one-trick pony, Oakland has opted to call up a righty from the minors until Pack gets back. <laughs> amphibious. Throw out your gillyweed, Harry Potter. Our last story of the week. Let me uh, ask you something right now. Have you ever had a friendly softball game at work with colleagues to boost company morale? If so, you may have more in common with your local congressman than you think. The 54th annual Congressional Baseball Game took place at Nationals Park on Thursday. Nationals Park is best known for appearing in the opening credits of House of Cards and is also, conveniently, the stadium called home by the Washington Nationals. The squiggly W's, I just had to get it in one more time. Anyways, the Democrats, who won the game for the seventh year in a row, played well in the match. This game, match, whatever you want to call it, was sponsored by a few eh, nonpartisan organizations who in no way benefit from sucking up to Congress. No way. Yeah, let me see. It includes Herbal Life, AT&T, and Viacom. According to political news site RollCall.org, Paul Ryan struck out at the plate at one point, while Obama stood in the audience and cheered. Somehow, I imagine that must have felt like deja vu in one way or another. But President Obama just didn't show up to heckle the Republicans. He also took a few shots with the Nationals team mascot, the Racing Presidents, and posted a photo of himself on Twitter sandwiched between the first president of the United States of America, George Washington, and William Howard Taft, the first president of the United States ever to throw out a pitch at a baseball game. Taft was also known for being big and fat and having a mustache. Fun fact. There was only one part of the congressional baseball game which was a real disappointment. Who was the home plate umpire? Well, I'm not sure, and that's not really the point. I will tell you this. It wasn't Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, can you imagine anything more exciting than watching old Ruth enforce rule 7.13? I will save you, Buster Posey! Or better yet... Imagine Big Poppy getting thrown out of a game by John Roberts for stepping out of the batter's box. You're out of here, Big Poppy. Yes, that is our show this week. Felt good. I'm glad to be back at it. Dave's engagement weekend is over. We will probably be back next week, though. I don't think Dave Robbins can get engaged twice in... Well, I mean, technically, he probably could if he wanted to, but once again, congratulations on all of us at Rounding Third. We are thrilled for you and Jen. It is going to be an amazing ride. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We are back up on iTunes, as I previously mentioned in the podcast. Go enjoy your weeks. Watch some baseball. Enjoy the sun. Stay cool as you can. Good night. 
The Rounding Third podcast is brought to you by writer and producer David A. Robbins. Production in our New York studio is directed by Maggie Robbins-Besselman. Contributing writers on this week's episode of Rounding Third are Amy Lavoie, Tom Smith, and Clayton Lawson. The Rounding Third theme song is used with permission from John Ross. Follow us on Twitter at RTPod, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rounding Third Pod, or email us at RoundingThirdPod at gmail.com. The Rounding Third podcast is available in the iTunes store. See our Facebook page for a link to subscribe. All materials published in the Rounding Third podcast are subject to copyright, and all rights are reserved by the respective owners. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am your host, Jeff Besselman. Thank you for joining me, and oh yes, I look forward to filling your mind with more baseball facts next week.